Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Daily Draft Report. It's your daily dose of prospect information for the 2023 NFL Draft, brought to you by Campus Canton. Tonight's player is a guy who's kind of hovering in the in the hemisphere of wide receiver one. Some people have him there. Some people have him down at five six. I mean, it's all over the place. This guy, but Quentin Johnson, wide receiver from TCU, who's junior. He measured at six foot three, two hundred eight pounds the other day at the combine. My guest is Jake Schwink from NFLMocks.com. Jake, how are you doing tonight, man? It's good to be back. I remember last year we chatted about Sky Moore and uh, excited to talk about another receiver uh, this go around. Should be fun. Yep, I still am not entirely out on Sky Moore. Watching him catch that touchdown in the in the Super Bowl was like I was the happiest man on the planet. Big Sky Moore fan still. I still think he's got a role. So, Quinton Johnston's profile. He was a four-star recruit, class of 2020, the 71st ranked player per 24-7 composite for that class. He played his high school ball in Temple, Texas, about two hours from Fort Worth, which is where TCU is located. At TCU, um, kind of never really realized what we would hoped he would have. Um, as a freshman, he had 22 grabs for 487 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Sophomore, a little bit of a bump up, 33 catches, 634, and six touchdowns. Kind of had a had a decent year last year. With 60 grabs for 1,069 yards with seven and only six scores. So we were always looking for that huge breakout, and he would have a game here and there where he'd have 200 yards, three touchdowns, and it looked like it was there. But TCU just never seemed to be able to figure out a way to to feature him the way I thought he could. Uh, he did not run at the combine, but he'd have a 40.5 inch vert and an 11 foot two inch broad which are both extremely good as far as percentiles especially at his size so jake what skills does quentin johnson have that you think can make him successful at the next level yeah normally when we're talking about 63208 guys we don't start here but i think this is the place to start i think when you look at him post catch he is a nightmare for opposing defenses you see against kansas you saw this a lot where he gets you know back oh, yeah. turned to the ball you know he's getting this little jump in the air to kind of position himself well to explode uh, off of that jump uh to get going post catch does a great job i think using space to his advantage does a great job you know using body language to his advantage to get defenders going the way he doesn't want the, that that he's going that they don't he, he doesn't want them going right he'll he'll tilt his head one way to get the jump going and get the other direction, make that first defender miss in space. Obviously the long strides, you know, all the speed and acceleration after the catch that you could ask for. You go to that Michigan game, that ridiculously good hesitation move that, that sprung the big play for the touchdown. Like he, in an NFL where we're living a lot on what guys can do both catch and we have more space to operate and give guys the ball quicker, he's going to take advantage of that. I think as well, I think... We, we don't talk enough about, I think, when we talk about Johnson, always it's always like, oh, he's not a good route runner. The release isn't good. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think when you look at him in the vertical plane, and I think you see his ability to decelerate, drop the hips, and really work out of breaks on the vertical plane, especially on like the deep curl routes, comeback routes, like he can drop on a dime with his hips, accelerate out the break, and he's creating some separation because he's selling everything vertically with all the speed he has and teams have to respect that and corners have to respect that. Right. I think it's not as consistent, but I do think you see him go up and win the ball in the air and he can do that pretty well at his size. But I do think being dynamic off the line, winning on the vertical plane and really working post catch with just, I think great anticipation skills, good twitch, you know, lateral to make defenders miss and then the acceleration and feel to kind of, 
create as much as he can with the ball in his hands. I think really when you think about it, winning in those three phases, he can do all those. And that's what makes him, I think, a strong prospect. Right. He's got that a rare combination of size, speed, and quickness. And you, you mentioned that you don't you normally talk about six foot three guys as guys that can take those short little passes and do some of the things he does. Like not only does he have those elusive moves, but he will run your ass over too. I mean, he's got some power. Um, but I, I but I think his what he does with the ball in his hands is and is just absolutely incredible. Explosive. You see these different things that you could you think, you know, you mentioned the issues with separation and things. I honestly feel like with a tiny bit of coaching, he could be very good at creating separation. Like he's got the tools, you know, he's got the physical attributes and things like that. So I just, I, I hate chalking it up to system, but man, TCU just did not seem like they knew how to really use him. You know, and I I hate doing that. I hate taking cop outs for players like that, but man, just some of the things he does with the ball in his hands is an absolutely incredible um, what do you have for weaknesses though? Like, would anything concern you that something might hold him back? Or? Yeah, I think so. When we talk about body catching and right. the issues that that can cause, right? Trusting that you can time the ball up better when it hits your body instead of your hands naturally, that causes some issues. Now, I know body catching inherently isn't like necessarily always bad, right? Some guys can make it work. I don't know how Terry McLaurin keeps making it work. He makes it work. He body catches, but he doesn't, he can do it at a high level. So it works out. The problem is, is Johnson lets the ball get into his frame with the body catching and you see the drops show up, show up, show up. Like it's, it's there, right? Whether it be down the field or whether it be, there was a great rep that he had against West Virginia that I'm picturing right now, where it's just sell the vertical, got the corner turn, great route break transition on a dig route and then just didn't finish it you know with 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 the body catch and and the ball drops great play against baylor i can think of where he's running the deep cross or he needs to get into the the intermediate zone to flood the zones correctly does that perfectly right he's stressing the defense but then he just doesn't finish with a catch and so i think he just needs to work on the hand technique catch the ball away from your frame it's going to pay dividends down the road if you can figure that out and we talked about him winning in the air sometimes, you know, as, as a ball winner above the rim. I think sometimes he kind of gets caught in between. There are some points where you look and he's like kind of tracking the ball into his hands deep rather than, okay, I can't, I'm not anticipating the safety coming over the top on me. I need to go win the ball. I need to go win the ball for both guys, but I'm le- kind of letting the ball come to me a little bit more. I think he just needs a better feel for where the, f- the safety is at all times, you know, coming to close on him. So he can go up and win the ball. We've seen him do it. It's just being cognizant, being aware of where the safe. I think the final thing really is kind of a two-parter, but when you look at the release is good. You know, he can he can do one-step releases. Cooper Cup calls it the quick release, you know. Right. Does right, a great yeah. job getting into a stem quickly there. The problem is, is he keeps going back, back, back to it. And it's a perfect example if you go to the Georgia game. Beats Keely Ringo with that, with that release. Wins up inside stem, snaps off the route, separates. Great route. But he goes right back to it the next play. Keely Ringo knows he's going back to it the next play, and he just erases him, takes him completely out of the play. So you just got to be more diverse. You have to go to different moves off the line of scrimmage. You have to be diverse, and you have to really make defenders try to anticipate what's coming. Don't give Correct. them all the answers to your to, to, to your question. Don't, don't give them the answers. Right? And I think... The one other thing is I think he needs to use his his hands, use his arms more. 
right at the line of scrimmage. You're going to face contact, right? You're a big guy. You can handle this. Just <laughs> exactly. time, the, time the hand swipes, right? Get physical with guys. Guys are going to put try to push you around. You need to push back. So, so functionally using those long arms, using those hands to either A, fight off immediate press, or again, continue to work through the stem, swipe, you know, win vertically that way to stack guys. Consistent usage of his hands is going to make, I think, a lot of the separation quote, quote, concerns look a lot better because he's going to show you that I have the acceleration to stack and I can separate with speed. I've shown you I can I can snap off routes underneath, right? I just need to use my hands, use my size to create separation as well a little bit more. Right. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. There are there are times that you see at the line where if if a defensive back got his hands on it, it would like he doesn't have any answer for it. And it's not a strength issue because like I mentioned, he can power through run right over people. You see it all the time. He's got the size and the strength. Yeah, there's too many times where I feel like he just relied on his physicality and his, you know, athletic ability, you know, which a lot of guys do in high school, you know, and it didn't feel like he grew as much as a, as a wide receiver as we would have liked to see. Another thing could possibly go back to the coaching. So, yeah, I think he's got a lot of the tools and he definitely can be successful. So where do you have him in your rookie rankings? Where is he as far as your wide receiver? Little fluctuation going on with the grading at the moment, but uh, he, he's firmly <laughs> I in the top. You, three. He's firmly in the top three right now, uh, with Smith and Jigba and Addison. Currently, he's my two behind Smith and Jigba. I think there is just so much to work with with him. I think, like like I said, I think we, we've talked about it. All three phases, he can win. We've seen him do it. Just build on consistency. Work on the little things, right? Like you said, I don't know if coaching was really helping him out a ton at TCU. I think the, you obviously saw production in spurts, other times not. I think also part of that was TCU rotates their receivers in and out a lot. They they got Johnson mm-hmm. off the field a little bit, and they're rotating five, six guys in. But I think, yeah, just a better handling of physicality, I think, can have him reach a ceiling that Jackson Smith and Jigba, that Jordan Addison, that the other guys just can't reach. And so I think, you know, when you're looking at potential, you know, X wide receiver ones, he might potentially be the only guy in that conversation. You can make an argument, I think, for maybe two or three others. But right now, his ceiling is definitely the highest for sure. Uh, if you go upside grade, he's probably wide receiver one. Oh, I agree. He's got the highest up, upside of this class, I, I believe. And if you think of the landing spots we got, I'll, I'll go to the mock draft database now. I mean, they're all over the place. Pretty much everybody has him as a first-round guy. Um, anywhere from 7 to the Bears, 10 to the Eagles, 12 to the Texans. 14 to the Patriots, 22nd to the Ravens, 20th to the Seahawks, 21st Chargers, 22nd to the or 25th to the to the Giants. I mean, all over the place. So I mean, I think there are a lot of quarterback needy or wide receiver needy teams right now. Are there any of those you think is a better fit? Where would you like to see him land, Jake? I think it'd be great to have him be insert quarterback here's best friend in Houston. <laughs> exactly. I think it'd be a, a great fit. I think you're looking at you know him entering with a guarantee Bobby Slowick. targets yeah yeah Bobby Slowick <laughs> well, is like all right I'm coming over from San Francisco you're good in space I'll get you in space and we'll wreak havoc after the catch right away as we fine-tune things that you need to do off the line of scrimmage you know through your stem through contact I think we'll get you you know in, in a great spot there with young Stroud whoever it may be uh as your quarterback elsewhere I think Really, I don't think you can go wrong if you're you're looking at with Baltimore, the Chargers, or the Giants. Any of those three, I think Baltimore could argue. I think maybe the the Bateman stands. We're out here. We're still out here. But 
potentially could be the wide receiver one there. You make Bateman, you're more of your short winner, which he wins yeah. the slant route. You know, he can win the deep dig route. He's got the full route tree with, with him. And then you have Johnson be your deep threat guy, your, your yak guy, and you kind of have those two play off each other. The Chargers need speed. He's He's got enough speed. He could be that guy and then also win the ball in the air like Mike Williams can do. So I think any of those would be good in the Giants. They need one. They, they oh, need yeah. one. Uh, Wandell Robinson's a nice player. That's awesome. Isaiah Hodgins, cool story. They need a one. They don't have it. He fits the bill big time. Right. I like I like those. I think the Bears would be fun, but I can't see them going seven. I think that's kind of ballsy to take him that early. Um, I think that would be kind of an ill-advised pick. <laughs> I, I don't know. It seems a little early, but especially with their team needs and stuff. But it would be fun. I mean, shoot, I think I think Justin Fields would love having him on the team. The Seahawks didn't make any sense to me. I mean, although it would yeah. be kind of mean to have him and DK across from oh, each other. Yeah. I mean, good. they're looking they're looking Woo. for that third receiver who can who, who wants to block, right? This is a this is a, a, a Waldron system that wants to be an eleven. He can block, that's for sure. Like we've seen him do that too. Didn't really mention that in the strengths, but he can block. He's big enough to do so. <laughs> Wide receiver Goodness. three, Quentin Johnson. <laughs> Ouch. Future <laughs> two when, when Lockett's kind of done. Yeah, that would be yeah. something. No doubt about it. <laughs> would Seattle be that crazy? Yeah, I think they would actually. Uh, you never they know might. what they're gonna do. Yeah. Uh do you have a player cop for him, Jake? Or yeah, this is it's tough. I I tough really one. don't yeah. like to go the Kevin White route. It's a very scary <laughs> thing. Um, yeah people don't like that at all no um but there i are see shades it. there are shades of it there it. uh yeah. with white white definitely i think struggled a little bit to be a ball winner over a tracker which he was a really good tracker of the ball like that was good and obviously an athletic marvel uh but struggled a little bit with physicality i think martavis bryant is one that's been thrown out that i think is a really good one uh you know deep threat type you know with enough size to go win at times but he's you know I think he's just a little bit more functional of an athlete, especially laterally than, than Martavis Bryant is. So it, it's it's tough. Honestly, like if he was a little bit shorter, Sammy Watkins might also make sense. Watkins was a really nice, you know, deep threat player, yak player as well. I, I could see any of those kind of meshing into one another as, as as his true comp. It's just hard because you don't see big guys be this successful post-catch. And that's kind of where I think that makes Johnston truly different and why I think putting him as your wide receiver one makes total sense in this class, especially. All right. Thank you, Jake. Thank you very much for hopping on. It was good to talk to you again, man. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and what you are working on, man. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Jake NFL draft working on a lot of things. Uh, this, this go around do I did mention obviously NFL a uh, great spot to get a lot of mock drafts and we get a ton over there doing a doing a podcast with um, with the Packer Net podcast network so obviously receivers always a big point of contention they're talking about Johnson over there as well and doing wide receivers actually for the Cheesehead TV draft guide this year so Johnson will be very high on that list as well so yeah a lot of things going on during draft season but uh it's a great time to be busy it's a great time to be oh, part of it yes yeah, is a such a fun time of year man all right, you can find me at FF People's Champ, this podcast, Daily Draft RPRT. Make sure you check out the entire Campus Canton family of podcasts, including the Debbie Debate from Wednesday nights, which has the longest podcast intro in history, but also some of the most fun fun content. Those guys can really get at it, really get to hollering at each other. Not, not quite Skip and Shannon level, but they get pretty fired up sometimes. So. 
Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow.